Hi, welcome to Kineo Stream of Thought. I'm Paul Wesley, Solutions Consultant at Kineo, and today we plan to go adapt to the future. So I'm pleased to say today I'm joined by... I'm Tom Taylor, Open Source Learning Technologies Developer. I'm Oliver Foster, I'm a Learning Technical Consultant. And Pete Smith, Tech Team Lead and member of the ADAPT Steering Group. Okay, thanks guys. So um, I guess the obvious question is, uh, for those who don't know, who can take me through what ADAPT is? (laughs) Nice big question to start (laughs) off with. Thank you, Paul. Um, ADAPT is three things, really. It's an open source project. It is an authoring tool. And it's a learning technologies framework for uh, content development. So far more than just an authoring tool. So maybe we should start with the the framework piece that you said about. So, So what do we mean by that? ADAPT is a collection of um, software built from some open source tools which allow uh, instructional designers to put in their content, to to design some content with graphics, text, videos, and and build a course from it. It provides a a very simple abstraction for building some very complicated pieces of e-learning. So... I think we better deal with the the, uh, the elephant in the room there, which was this open source thing. So I can imagine a lot of people listening to this thinking, what does that mean? That all sounds a bit worrying, and uh, do I want to put this software on my machine? So do you want to quickly take us through what open source means? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it shouldn't be a source of worry. Open source is a, a wonderful thing. All of the, the biggest and best um, bits of software that are really widely used, of those, probably most of them are, are open source now. So things like the Apache web server, which powers most of the websites which you would access on a day-to-day basis is an open source project. So open source is everywhere. The reason that we decided to make ADAPT open source is it was a huge opportunity for us to work with other companies, so some of them like-minded companies, some of them actually um, big corporate entities who might want to create their own content in-house, to get together and produce something which is much better much more rounded, much more fully featured than Kineo could provide on our own. But does open source not mean that we lose control and therefore we lose the quality control? It means that we don't have absolute say over what features and functionality are built. Yes, absolutely. We collectively meet to decide what comes next with ADAPT and what happens on the roadmap. In terms of quality control, it's actually much better with open source. Because you've got a bigger group of people working together on the project, we need to make sure that all of the processes behind us are really robust. So we've got really robust version control. We've got a great process of peer review to make sure that any code is solid, it's well built, um, it's well designed, it's properly tested before it ever makes it into the published course. Also, with more people actually actively looking at it and testing it, open source software is inherently going to have fewer bugs in it than this sort of size of proprietary software project. Cool. So what made us actually develop ADAPT in the first place then? Did we identify a gap with some of the tools we were using or or was there another reason around that? It was um, largely in a response to various things which were happening in the market. So if you cast your mind back six or seven years ago, then the market was changing really rapidly. Flash was in the decline. HTML was back in the ascendant. And suddenly we had a lot of clients for whom creating content that would work well on a mobile was suddenly a big priority rather than just desktop delivery, which we'd been doing up to that point. 
Uh, ADAPT was a response to that. We figured that what we needed to do was come up with a something which was cost-effective that would work well with our processes so that we didn't have to build two or three different versions of the content each time. And we figured there was a huge opportunity to use um, the current best practice in web design, which meant responsive web design. So have one version of a course which would uh, reformat itself based around liquid layouts on a tablet device or a much smaller screen on a smartphone. And, and just chipping in there, so that, that's different to some of the other tools which also publish out to HTML5 now, so they work on tablets and phones and stuff, but where Adapt's different is it actually um, tailors the layout to match the device it's being used on. Is, is that right? That's right. Um, some of the other authoring tools out there scale, so they yeah. still have that traditional Flash style, click next to continue e-learning, and their HTML version is really just taking that and putting it onto a smartphone device, which means you're squidging the content down with Adapt, you're actually restructuring it. So the biggest difference that you'll see is no next button, you have scrolling pages. And the scrolling page gets longer on a mobile device because you're stacking those small units of content one on top of the other instead of having two columns that you would have in a desktop layout. And it, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second because obviously with my sales head on, so Kineo developed and designed or um, created Adapt, if you like, or, and then it's gone open source and we now collaborate with lots of other people. So with my sales head on, why, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to share that around? And why don't we just license this tool much in the same way as you know, many other vendors sell a, a, an authoring tool? You know, we've got a killer application there. It's, it's current. It's doing a great job for us. So why would we do it that way? Well, I think um, in the case of Kineo, what we've always done so well is actually not necessarily differentiate on the technology itself, but uh, actually the service that's around that, so all the consultancy, the design work, um, and we've always been very big on bespoke uh, learning anyway, so it's not as if we've kind of had a software package, a software service to sell. Um, we've always used the tools in the best way um, that we can, so I think... It's worked for us on that level um, because it means that there's a level ground um, and we can offer our services, which is always uh, already so important to us, um, offer that on top of Adapt. Okay, so who actually owns Adapt? Nobody owns Adapt. <laughs> it's a, an open source technology. Um, the Adapt Community Project has a steering group who are there to make sure that we work together and resolve any conflicts if and when they arise. But in essence, the code which sits on the Adapt Learning GitHub is not owned by any one entity, by any one organisation. It's owned by the people who put the work into it collectively. And do you, do you want to quickly cover about that community? Because they're words that go, very much go hand in hand, Adapt and Adapt community, and we'll push this back to the community. So what, what does that mean for maybe our clients? What it, what it essentially means is that um, a series of e-learning professional bodies have come together to pool their resources to make a fantastic bit of open source software and pooling resources doesn't just mean um, throwing money at a problem, it means that there are um, the, the expertise from all of those different regions as, as Pete just said, the different sectors of the, the learning community as well as the different expertise um, and, and on top of that then they, they test the same tool and we get the benefit of all of that testing and all of that feedback. Um, and when one company wants to do something new, we get to benefit from that. And when we want to do something new, they get to benefit. 
And how do how do we how do we make sure, Ollie, that um, we haven't got all of those different people going in different directions? There must be sort of a someone who's putting all that together. So, so is there an active development roadmap for Adapt, and do people know what they're working on? There, there is an active development um, roadmap. There are um, a few different places that we we collate uh, what it is that people want and what the community wants, what the businesses involved want. Um, but fundamentally, the, the, the framework is just a framework, so it doesn't come with content. It is um, a set of tools for building a course. So when we talk about conflicting um, kind of wants and needs from all of the businesses, there's, there's actually a common ground beneath that, that that we can all build collectively. So it doesn't, doesn't mean that if somebody has a new principle for how they're designing courses or they want to do something that they don't give back to the community, it doesn't, doesn't stop them from doing that. It just means that the base from which they do that is, is much more stable and much more solid. Excellent. So, so we've got a actively develop, developing uh, framework. Um, so what version are we currently on with the framework? We are currently on version 2.2.4. Yes, I think it's 2.2.4. Oh, I'm not in a position to argue. I'll go with yeah. that. <laughs> and but what does that mean for me if I was maybe an early adopter of Adapt? And do I have to update? Is it a bit like a, an OS update? Do I need to make sure I've got all the latest versions? And do my previous courses work on new framework versions? That sort of thing. Uh, it's... We're still in a kind of very early stage with the framework conversion control, so it's it's a problem that we are currently experiencing with, with the community. Um, every time we make a new iteration of the software, there there are changes that, or there are major changes, major version numbers, that will break things that we have done in the past. Um, and so moving between major version numbers is is somewhat more difficult than moving between minor version numbers, which are... Um, additions of behaviour or corrections for bugs. Um, so it, it depends at which stage you're, you're entering the community and what it is that you're changing, how old the version of the course is that you're amending. And how have we seen this mature? So what have we added to the framework maybe in the difference between version 1 or version 2 or what was added in maybe the last 18 months or so? We're at a point where we're really focusing more on stability and flexibility now with the framework. Yep rather than putting lots of features in. Because it's got a plug-in architecture, the beauty of the ADAPT framework is anyone can go off and build a new plugin which has got new functionality. Yep. So if you go to the ADAPT website and have a look at the plugin browser, you'll see I think there's something like 154 which have been created so far. And that's by a good old mixture. of Some of them are e-learning suppliers, so like Kineo or Learning Pool or LearnChamp or any of the other collaborators. Some of them are from individuals who collaborate with us. And so there's a real community effort behind those plugins. For the framework itself, the, that does contain a package of core plugins, and we'll keep developing those and improving the functionality and enhancing the flexibility of that core package. And we also need to make sure that we keep the framework patched and able to work with the very latest browsers and the latest versions of iOS. So a lot of the time, those new versions will not have anything which is immediately obvious as a new feature to someone who isn't intently familiar with it. Mm. But it will still have a lot of improvements in it, and people should keep their framework versions regularly patched. So, Pete, you mentioned at the 
start of the, the, the podcast there about, um, I think you said Adapt was three things, and one of the things you mentioned it being was an authoring tool, so that sort of flies in the face of me saying it's not exactly like a traditional authoring tool. So can we cover how, how that works? So where, where would I buy a copy of the authoring tool, for example? Uh, well, it's not exactly like a traditional authoring tool, um, because one of the big differences, it's a collaborative online server-based tool. So you need a server to host it on. Uh, otherwise, it's dead easy to get hold of. You just need to go to the Adapt Learning GitHub, which is github.com slash adaptlearning, click on the authoring tool um, version of it, and you can just download a copy from there. So there's no subscriptions to pay, there's no annual fees? No, no subscriptions, no fees. It's all absolutely free. What you do need is a certain amount of expertise and a knowledge of how to set up and configure a server that you can host it on. And that's actually the biggest single stumbling block to getting the authoring tool at the moment. And, and what are we doing to help people with that? So if I'm not technical, how can I can I pick up a copy of that tool? Can you help me with that? Um, oh, yeah, I think that's uh, a key thing to take into account with the adapt authoring tool is that uh, it differs from uh, Storyline, your desktop uh, tools, in that obviously it has to be on a server. Uh, and I think the problem with that is that there'll always be a certain amount of technical know-how you need um, you know, be it an IT team or a sysadmin, or if you want to do it yourself, um, you'll have to be familiar with uh, setting up server-based tools. So unfortunately, there's only so much we can do to help people out. Uh, that being said, um, it is fairly straightforward to set up a, a dev install on your own kit. Um, the community is really good. We have um, two places. We have uh, community forums and an online um, chat room called Gitter. Um, and the community go there, so that's uh, a mixture of, like people were saying with the plugins, a mixture of uh, the core development team and just other people in the community who use and develop with Adapt. Um, and yeah, there's loads of people on there that are always out, out there to help and, and give instructions and kind of help people out uh, if you come across any issues. So people are generally really friendly and really helpful. So do we use that authoring tool internally now? We do. And it depends entirely on what the client needs and what's needed for that project. And so generally, if we're building something which is really big and complicated with um, all sorts of bespoke functionality in it, we'll reach straight for the framework mm -hmm. because you've got more flexibility there. If we have a client who has got a long-term maintenance requirement with a, for a project, then because it's easier to use a user interface to go back and make uh, content changes, then we will typically reach for the authoring tool and we'll set up an authoring tool instance for them to go along with the new course or courses that we build. And we, we can help, if, going back to what Tom was saying, um, you know, if you don't know what you're doing with servers, we can help people with that. Right? So we can host an instance of the authoring tool for them should they want to contact us about that further down the line. So there is an easier route to it if you like. Yes, that's true. And uh, I should also point out with my open source hat on that <laughs> Kineo isn't the only option there. So there are other Adapt collaborators who would offer the same service. So uh, people like Can Studios, Vias Systems would also be able to host you an authoring tool. Uh, and whilst we're talking completely transparently, transparently about that, um, are there any limitations to the authoring tool then? Uh, in terms of the well, technology and what yeah, you can do Yeah, and the things that it can't do that we... You've, you've said that there's things that we can do in the framework that it can't do in the authoring tool, but, for example, um, can I publish directly out of the authoring tool to my LMS? Uh, not directly, directly. So, obviously, the authoring tool being good e-learning technology is SCORM conformance. Um, so, you can always publish out a SCORM package which will be uploadable to all good learning management systems. And so in that respect, yes. 
what you wouldn't have is some kind of seamless click once to publish type mm. process with any existing LMSs. Although uh, we are working on some integration with Totara SAS at the moment. So if you watch this space, then uh, that might change in the next few months. Excellent. So what's next for ADAPT then? What's on your wish list, Ollie? Well, from, from the framework perspective, that we have a very, very long list of things that we need to get through. Um, most of them are about speeding up um, the development processes, uh, engaging more people in the community, uh, encouraging more people to use newer technology to make the things that they want, basically to keep them engaged. Um, and so, so maintenance is... is also absolutely key to us, solving those problems like the, the version management and how to migrate people's courses forwards, um, but also about making the architecture much more resilient to, to changes and, and splitting it up into, into appropriate levels of um, kind of architectural responsibility. Um, so it's much easier for people to specialize in, in certain aspects of the tool or certain aspects of the framework. Um, as members of the community without really having to know about any other piece. At, at the moment, we have a, a problem of it being very monolithic. So if you, if you need to make one change, you have to understand a lot more about the framework than, than should really be necessary. So uh, that's kind of where most of the effort is focused at the moment. Um, but general things like being able to make um, animations very quickly um, and being able to, to branch out from this, this scrolling page into lateral pages, because there are a whole group of clients that um, don't like the scrolling page for various reasons. Um, but that doesn't mean that the framework shouldn't be flexible enough to cater for their requirements. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is possible, it's just getting us to a stage where, where we can do it very, very easily. And Tom, what do you think? What, what's coming on the roadmap that you, or what, what would be on your wish list for ADAPT? Um, well, speaking with my authoring tool hat on, because that's what I uh, have, have most uh, dealings with, um, it's a similar kind of story. There's going to be a lot of work in the next six months or so around the kind of boring behind the scenes, tidy up the code, make it perform better, uh, and that kind of thing, make it easier to add stuff on. And then kind of moving on from there, we've got quite a few uh, big ticket features that we want to get into the tool. Um, probably one of the biggest uh, things that we get the community asking for is um, the ability to theme um, directly in the tool. So, um, you know, tweak colors and that mm -hmm. kind of thing, basic theming stuff, um, because that's one thing we don't offer. Um, but that's, that's probably the biggest uh, thing I'm looking forward to. Pete, anything from you? I think Tom and Ollie have covered the features really well. So I'll cover the other part of the ADAPT project, the community. Yep. And the plan there is always the same, to get more people involved. So we want to see more people who are using the tool inside their companies or inside their organizations, because we get a lot of universities using it. We really want to see those people getting involved, suggesting new features and functionality that we as a core team should be building, um, and also getting involved in lots of other ways. So um, Tom and I have just been to a two-day event in Vienna, which is the second ADAPT meetup that's happened. Um, and so if people would like to go ahead and host further meetups, we've got a hackathon that we're hoping to hold next year. So I'd really like to see the, uh, the community growing and more and more events like that being held. And if there's any of our listeners that are particularly interested in getting involved with that or, or you know, dipping their toe in this or just seeing how the conversation's going, where, where do they need to go for that information? 
Um, well, it's a lovely, friendly community, and there are lots of key places to go to. So for general information, the best place to start is the Adapt Learning website, which is adaptlearning.org. We've got the forums, which are all in community.adaptlearning.org. Um, and so go ahead, post any questions you, that you might want there. Uh, it's a really friendly place. You'll get a helpful response, whatever it is that you ask. If you want more immediate responses, then as Tom mentioned before, there is the Gitter chat room. Again, all of these links are on the website, so you'll find them no problems. Um, the other place to go to is uh, GitHub, which I've mentioned a couple of times. So if you spot an issue, or if you've got quite a well thought through detailed feature that you'd like to request, then raise a ticket as an enhancement on there, and that will get picked up immediately by the core team. If you'd like to find out more about the history of ADAPT, check out the link to our animation in the show notes. Or if you want to continue the conversation, you can pick us up on Twitter, where we're at Kineo, or contact us via kineo.com. Thank you.